from quarantine and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I am Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today we discuss season two, episode 17, psychic friends <laughs> is this a reference to the psychic friends network <laughs> that Dion warwick used to yeah. do infomercials for i hope so i hope so too god i love Dion warwick that's <laughs> what friends are for um okay so this was written by dana barada like dana girl i love you but this is a terrible episode <laughs> what have you done <laughs> why did you make us sit through this <laughs> this is directed by patrick norris <laughs> Um, who's directed, we've seen him before. Mm. Um, this one aired on March 10th, 1999. Uh, let me get the description for you from Wikipedia. It says, Dawson's confidence as a filmmaker is shaken when Miss Kennedy, the new film teacher, turns out to be a movie studio executive on sabbatical in Capeside. Eh, that's not exactly what, right, but okay. <sighs> Who gives his amateur movie a scathing review. The future is unsure for Joey as well when a psychic advises her to be open to every new opportunity that crosses her path. Andy also visits, visits the psychic and is told less than positive things about her future. That's all there is. No other. What? They didn't even <laughs> they didn't address the best storyline. Grams and Jen. Grams and Jen. That was my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah, they did not. Um... So my history's mystery. So there's like a humongous gap of time between when this episode airs and And the the next next episode airs. So I'm just going to give you history from March of 2000 or I'm I'm sorry, March of 1999. And then when we next week, I'll give you the April news from that because April's a big fucking month in 1999 (laughs) um and not in a good way yeah so isn't that Columbine yes that is yeah so uh March 12th 1999 former Warsaw Pact countries Hungary Poland and the Czech Republic join NATO right I remember that was a big deal big deal March 21st, 1999, the 71st Annual Academy Awards are held here in Los Angeles at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, and uh, Shakespeare in Love wins. Oh. Yeah. I do love that movie. It should not have won Best Picture, but I do love that movie. Definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, March 25th, 1999, Enron Energy Traders allegedly route 2,900 megawatts of electricity destined for California for the t- to the town of Silver Peak, Nevada, population 200. So that was the beginning of the Enron scandal. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I remember those brown, those rolling blackouts. Yeah. When, in California. We, when I was in high, when we were in high school, we used to have rolling blackouts because Enron was stealing energy. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, now the Bay has them because of the fires. Right. Now they have them for because AT and T is or PG and E is PG and E. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not AT and T. I mean, you're fucked too, but for different reasons. Um, <laughs> March twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine. A Michigan jury finds Dr. Jack Kavorkian guilty of second degree murder for administering a lethal injection to a terminally ill man. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I told you it was right around this it was time. Right. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. You were right. And then March 29th, 1999, for the first time, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closes above 10,000. Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. So we've seen a 200% increase since then? Since then. 250% increase? Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and yet there's 40 million people out of work, so... Yeah. <laughs> do the math. Um, okay, Aaron, the number one movie was Analyze This, starring Robert De Niro uh, and Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, the comedic Sopranos. Um, <laughs> um, and the number one song, Aaron, hanging on for the yes. final week is Angel of Mine by Monica. So it spent yeah. four weeks at number one. This is the final week. The next four weeks, which we're not going to be able to see because um, of the break, uh-huh. are entirely dominated by the share classic Believe. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting battle. Monica is like, you know, taken down by Cher. By Cher. <laughs> I know. I know. That's I awesome. I told you, 1999 music, man. It's Damn. A- I mean, both of those songs are incredible. I so. mean, <laughs> indeed, indeed. If Monica's going to be taken down, then it might as well be Believe. That song's by, so good. I share. That's a great song. Um, also, I highly recommend the Cher classic film, Burlesque. Oh, yeah. Um, if anyone needs a good camp uh, oh, yeah. uh, movie during this quarantine. Ex-Tina. Ex-Tina, Kristen Bell. Just a good yeah. time. It really is. <laughs> So, um, oh, that's one of the ones we got drunk in a movie theater and saw together. Yeah, definitely. Was that the one where I blew up champagne in a bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) At the Chinese theater? No, that was a Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we saw Burlesque at the Grove. At the Grove, okay, probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we open in Dawson's room, as per usual. Yeah. This and whole season, man. I know. I know. And they're watching... Oh, he's there with Joey, and they're yeah. watching his movie. Right. Rachel and Lee like, Cook is, like, rowing a boat. I yeah. Think, I can't believe I, they brought Rachel Lee Cook back to do, like, these three little scenes. I know. Well, I have a very... I think she's in another one. I have a very distinct memory of okay. her rowing a boat. Yeah. But anyways... Uh, and Joey's like shook, you know, she's and Dawson's crying. like, I don't know what you think. Yeah. She's like crying and she like goes onto the bed and she starts heaping praise on him. And I was yeah. like, what is happening? Like, we all heard the script. We know this movie's not good. Like, what's going on? She and says, then- wait, I want to quote what she says, because okay. I feel like there's a certain point where you realize that like yeah. something is off. Yes, yes. So she goes, in my entire life, I have never been so unequivocally moved. That's the point that I think that you can tell things are off. (laughs) Yes, yes. By words and moving images on screen. I mean, this is the type of motion picture going experience that not only enlightens and inspires, but it can change the way people look at their lives, their (laughs) world, their universe. (laughs) It's funny because like it is a good dream sequence because that is what Dawson would say. (laughs) I know. And like, that's when you realize that you're like, that's not Joey wouldn't say that shit. That's a Dawson shit. And you're yeah. like, oh, oh hilarious. Okay, cool. Because I was like, really? After that hideous scene that I, ended the last episode, like, this is how we're going to start this episode with like Joey like, heaping praise on him. 
I agree. And Dawson's like, oh my god, I'm so happy you liked it. And he's like, so, he's like so flattered. And she goes, there's no question about it, Dawson. Jack McPhee will be one of the great filmmakers of our generation. <laughs> and she's like, think about it. We knew him when. And Dawson's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I directed this movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and Joey's like And he pulls up the VHS and it says Creek Days Jack McPhee. Jack McPhee. And then like Joey's like, you know, Spielberg, Scorsese, Fellini, Bergman, McPhee. And and it's just like, okay. Yeah. And then Jack comes in the window. Yeah. Of the of Dawson's room. And Joey's like You're just like Joey hey just, babe yeah he's like honey there's only one way to describe you brilliant <laughs> and they like start making out they totally make out jack says that he ran into steven spielberg in the cafeteria and he offered him a job and they're going to hollywood <laughs> there's also some like weird kind of porny guitar music like all like a, it's a step away from about chicka bow wow music um <laughs> And so, like, Jack... Then Jack proposes. <laughs> to Joey. Joey says yes. And, and Dawson's like, Jack's gay. <laughs> and Jack's like, I guess not. And, and they start making out again. <laughs> they, like, go to run off together. Yeah. And then Joey says, like, the most... This is when she's actually speaking. <laughs> she's like, get over it, Dawson. You're not my type. You never were. Yeah. And and Dawson, like, you zoom in on his face and he's like, no. And then he wakes up in a sweat in his bed. Yeah. And um, I got to say, I uh, think that this is the worst episode of season two. Yeah. I'm laying my I'm cards on the table. Hey, I don't think he really wakes up. Okay. <laughs> it's all a dream. It's, this whole episode is a dream. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm like, perhaps that would explain it. Um, it's horrible. I love this cold open. Like, this episode yeah. is terrible, but the cold open is great fun. <laughs> yeah, it had me cracking up. And I was like, all right, maybe this episode isn't as bad as I remember. Maybe it'll, like, age in camp. No. No. No, no, no. 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 Definitely not. Definitely no. Definitely not, but I'll take this opening credit sequence or opening uh, opening sequence. Yeah. So then we hit the credits and then we go to school where we <laughs> and we see Machin Ackman, right? Machinomic, yeah. Yeah. She, who um, I want to say is probably best known for her role in Twin Peaks. And Riverdale now. And she's in Riverdale now. She also plays Christopher's baby mama, Sherry, on Gilmore Girls. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just want to say this is the first of many Twin Peaks actors that will yeah. appear on Dawson's Creek. Dawson's yeah. Creek basically like casts the whole crossover. cast of Twin Peaks yeah, yeah. at some point. <laughs> so, uh, so welcome, Majinomic. Yeah. Um, so she's the new film teacher. <clears throat> yeah. And Jen's in the class. What's happening? <laughs> I know. I, I, there was a part of me that was like, okay, go Jen. She's like, you know, made this movie with Dawson is now in the class. But I was also like, but still. Uh, I know. It's like, I thought Dawson was auditing and they don't let sophomores in the class. I mean, that is the that is what we were told at one point, Aaron. Okay. 
Okay. But that seems Anyways, to have gone right out the window. There's no continuity for classes and anything with nope. Dawson's Creek. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Okay. So so um the teacher asks Jen how the movie that they were watching makes her feel. And Jen's like, you know, Capra, they were watching a Capra movie. She's like, he's mm-hmm. a little too saccharine. Her his characters are all unrealistic. And Dawson and fucking like, interrupts talks her. over her. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucked up. I know. She's like mid thought, and he's like, actually, I think the opposite. And you're like, you're auditing this class. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then he tells everyone why he thinks like Gary Cooper's um, character in Meet John Doe, which I, I assume is what they're watching, is like protesting the plight of the common man. And he thinks that the character represents optimism. So the mm-hmm. antagonist is cynicism. And so this is like a little bit of the theme of the episode. Optimism yeah. versus cynicism. <clears throat> also, again, back to my theory that Dawson is like a quintessential sort of optimistic millennial in mm-hmm. juxtaposition with the like the sort of cynical Gen Xers that came before him. That that's what we're seeing right mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm just not going to get on board with Dawson being the representation of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear you. I'm, and, I, I hear and, you. I, and I, you, friend, and I, you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> but then the teacher fucking agrees with him and, yep. like, just, like, doesn't even acknowledge Jen said anything. No. And, um, yikes, okay. So we find out her name's Miss Kennedy. Yeah, that's the important part of the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they are walking in the hallway, Dawson Jen and-, and Jen. Uh-huh. And Dawson's just, like, smitten. And Jen's like, yeah, you just think she's hot. Because she's fucking smoking. She My boyfriend's hot. like, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. So a hot lady appears on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. yeah, and, like, she, like, is uh, done up. Like, she's got, like, a pretty chic bun and, like, with, oh, like, yeah. um, looks like chopsticks are in it or something. Yeah, yeah. That was a big thing back then. Yeah, yeah, no, our... totally. There's a lot of Asian influence in a lot of the fashion choices, you yeah. know. But mm-hmm. she looks smoking hot. Yeah, like, she does. I'm not trying to hide it. She no. is hot, you know, but, like. She's still, she is to this day. I mean, she's. Yeah a fucking beautiful woman but also i wanted to say that there is not a mention not a passing glance at the fact that dawson completely fucking yelled at all of his friends in the last episode jen and him are just fine this is a dream well he wants to party with her right 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 sorry sorry he does want to party with her i mean same same so i get it that's why it's a dream (laughs) I'm here for this argument, Aaron. <laughs> it's like, what? We're just acting like that didn't happen? Yeah, we are acting like that didn't happen. So D- Jocelyn says, like, you know, oh, you know, th- I'm I'm so into this lady. You know, th- I heard that the reason that she took this job is that she was taking time off to write this huge movie for TriStar. And I'm just like, that's not at all how script writing works. <laughs> well, also... If she's taking time off, then she wouldn't have a job. Why isn't she working? Why is she working? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It doesn't check out, but it would check out to like a 16-year-old. But Sure, sure, yeah. It, it blew past me in 1999. <laughs> but As a someone who knows script writers, I'm like, nah. Yeah, exactly. Nah. That's not how that 
goes. Um, and Jen's like, you know, have you showed her Creek Days yet? And Dawson sa- says no, just as Mitch Leary walks up to the two of them. What? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, they, they have the substitute uh, pilot program. <laughs> right. Of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're launching it in Cape Side High. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of course. That's the only continuity from the previous episode. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing we're going to mention from the previous episode. Um, Because Jen does point out that, like, Dawson should get um, Miss Kennedy's opinion. Absolutely. You know, and it's like an opinion that matters, you know. Uh Which, like, it's interesting because I think Jen's like, oh, yeah, you should kind of get a woman's perspective. And since you don't really give a fuck about me or Joey, (laughs) how about this, like, woman that you're smitten with? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so Jen walks away after she says that. And then Mitch is like, hey, Dawson. And Dawson's like, hey, Mr. Leary. Mm-hmm. And Mitch is like, you can call me dad. What? <laughs> Shut up, Mitch. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't talk about this in I advance. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm with you, Aaron. I'm with you. Um, I got to tell you, my dad got his teaching credential right before I went into high school. And I like and he was going to teach high school. And I like looked at him and I was like, don't buy high school. Yeah, don't you fucking dare teach him how, my high school. How dare you? You're yeah. a pseudonym. No. Um, and uh, he did not teach at my high school. And then <clears throat> but I did. I had math class with a girl whose dad was the teacher. Mm. And there was a girl in my class whose sister was our like student teacher in oh. in math, you oh, know. Okay. But that it didn't really different. count. It yeah. didn't count. Yeah, yeah. No, I always felt bad for that girl. She was not a very nice person. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, because her parent her parents have had boundaries. <laughs> I know cuz her dad teaches at her high school. <laughs> so anyway, so we we just find out that Mitch is the replacement English teacher. And like yeah. Dawson basically is like, I'm not calling you dad at school. Like, yeah, sorry. they're setting boundaries. Yeah, like, totally makes sense. You know, oh, again, totally. they should have just talked about this in advance. You know, I don't really understand. Absolutely. Like, Mitch has been trying to pursue like a relationship with Dawson, you yeah. know, like a yeah. friendship or whatever. Like they're trying to establish what it would be, you know, so it it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, Agreed. Anyway, Dawson's <laughs> Dawson, like, you know, yeah, go for it. Well, he, like, yawns, right? Yeah. And uh, Mitch wonders if he's sleepy. <laughs> he's like, are you sleeping? And Dawson's like, like no, I'm having nightmares. <laughs> and then he says, it's like I'm sitting alone in a movie theater watching my life go by on screen and all the coming attractions are box office bombs. And I'm just like, so this is, like, basically the same thing he was melting down to Pacey about at the beginning of last episode. We mm-hmm. have not moved in any direction. We're just in the same exact spot with Dawson. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know how to move forward. (laughs) (laughs) But he's sure going to talk about it a lot. Yeah. And Um, it's so interesting because in this moment, we kind of see that while Dawson always says he wants to be a filmmaker, he wants to be a blockbuster maker. Right, right. He wants to be Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. But like... A blockbuster like he could also be Michael Bay and be feel sure. like his career was like intact like sure, he's not trying sure. to be like you know like a someone who makes like indie films you know right yeah he's or not like, he's not trying to be Soderbergh yeah yeah or like Ryan Johnson or something yes you know? yes 
So, you know, Mitch asks, like, what's going on? Like, what happened to my son, the eternal optimist? And, you know, Dawson's like, you know, the only person you can rely on is yourself. <laughs> and he's like, sorry. And he's like, I spent the last few years, weeks trying to change things that I have no control over. So now I'm just going to focus on being a filmmaker because that's all that matters to me. <laughs> It's so funny because in the last episode, he's like, I'm going to focus on Joey. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> he's I mean, I like I, I want to give Dawson space to be lost as a teenager yeah. because of who isn't lost as a teenager. Yeah. But it's like well, his insistence on like that he's not lost is like where right. my where I hit the wall. I'm like, well, I guess for me, it's that like he thinks he just needs to find one thing and focus on that. And yeah. that's how he'll find himself yeah, instead yeah. of seeing himself as like a multifaceted dynamic person that right. like focuses on all their different houses, you know, right. like it's just like, OK, so you find your love house or your career house. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to make you feel satisfied if like everything else is imbalanced. Yeah. It's all about balance. Um, yeah. So then we go to the cafeteria, and jo- Joey is speaking to me on a deep level, cate- categorizing men. <laughs> Loser, pervert, serial killer, airhead. <laughs> when she's right, she's right. <laughs> Sometimes she just hits it right on the head. And the, the camera pulls back, and she's sitting with Jack. And she's like, it's, yeah, now it's your friends. turn. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and she's like, now it's your turn to categorize the the guys in the lunch line. And Jack's kind of like, you know, Joey, I appreciate you, but I'm not checking out guys with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not ready for that yeah. yet, you know. And it's kind of cute. They have this, like, situation where Jack's like, it's kind of weird that we used to date, and now we're, like, sitting around, like, talking about boys you know yeah and joey makes space for him she's like do you think it's weird and he's like actually i don't you know yeah and like you can see like how like it's interesting for her because like she can be friends with someone she hasn't known her whole life exactly it's almost like jack this jack sort of occupies a really similar space to the jack she was dating Mm -hmm. you know and like i think that's like actually pretty damn normal and healthy that like she's like hey look like we're not gonna make out anymore but like you know i like you we are friendly i like the reason that i was dating you is because i like you i think you're a nice person and we have things in common yeah and And so this kind of seems like it is believable that she and dawson could be friends right her on her end you know yeah like it is in her wheelhouse to like you know, turn off the touchy feely or not the, the physicality of a relationship off, you know? Yeah, totally. While still keeping like the intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, although I will say like part of the factor is that Jack is gay. So the intimacy part or the, the sort of physicality part is mm-hmm. like, that is gone. Not, right. even, not an option. So maybe, you know, I don't know. But that wouldn't like, turn not necessarily turn off her desire no totally no totally that's a fair point yeah absolutely i mean yeah it's not on the table but like she doesn't yeah your desire is your desire yeah yeah, even if she does desire it she is like okay like i can turn that off or i i'm i've uh reconciled in my head like that we're just friends you know yeah yeah of course so i think i just think it yields legitimacy to like 
her wanting to be friends with Dawson. Like that is in her wheelhouse. Whereas like maybe it was a little bit unbelievable before because we didn't know. Now you're kind of like, it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So she sort of goes back to labeling the dudes in line. She she calls one definitely a Frank as in Stein. And I just wanted to say no spoilers, but later in the series, Joey is definitely going to be one of those people that tells you that the monster is not called Frankenstein. Um, so I like really enjoy this misuse of a literary name because I feel like that's going to change at some point. <laughs> and then she perks up and she says someone is a Leo as in DiCaprio. he wasn't my heartthrob so that didn't resonate with me i mean you know i'm not gonna lie to you and say that the romeo and juliet era leo dicaprio wasn't uh didn't play a role in my young adulthood but Uh yeah i mean i think i had moved on to other things at that by this point right you know i mean i didn't really like titanic I only saw it once in the theaters and was like, I don't get it. <laughs> Are you because the only that- person who was our age that only saw it once? I think so. I definitely saw because it three times. <laughs> the last scene where he like dies and floats off, I like had nightmares about it for a week. <laughs> I was like, ugh, it's such a haunting scene. Haunting. It's like blue eyes all wide open and just yeah. like, it really down. Yeah. is the reason why I'll never go scuba diving. <laughs> the ocean is fucking scary. That's it like is. my number one Worst way to die, drowning in the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> if we're getting real here. Yeah. <laughs> Fun facts about Aaron Hensley. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm learning this. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah. We cut to Andy and Pacey, right? Yeah. Walking outside. Yeah, they're downtown. And and Pacey's like. They're kind of talking about shit. And you're like, what's going on? What are they talking about? Yeah, this is where the idea of the fair comes out of absolutely nowhere. (laughs) It's very weird. Don't know what fair it is, but Pacey is being asked to do to be like some safety mascot or something. Asked by who? By Andy. But then like maybe his dad. organizing the fair? I I just was like, my brain was short circuiting in this and I just didn't understand what was going on. And it's like they just threw in a storyline for Pacey and Andy. Like it never gets better. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It stays bad the whole time. And like, so Pacey is being asked to dress up as like basically McGruff the crime dog or like do something as like McGruff the crime dog. But it's named something else. I called it McGruff the crime dog. I think a few times I actually caught its name and typed it right. But right now it's McGruff the crime dog in my notes. Um, I literally couldn't understand what they were talking about. (laughs) And so then when you see him with the dog later, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, I'm putting it together. (laughs) Right. And Andy's like, you know, Pacey kind of is like, this fucking thing is not going to, like, get kids to not do drugs. Yeah. And Andy's like, it's supposed to set out a positive message. And then, like, Pacey gives this, like, libertarian argument that he walks back immediately, but I am going to say what he says. <laughs> and and in 2020, it's a little bit triggering. He says, like, this is a democracy. If a two-year-old wants to not be in a car seat, he shouldn't have to be. Whoa. And I was like, Pacey, Witter. And then he was like, that was a bad example. And I was like, okay, good. Because I want to continue liking you. <laughs> Whoa, don't take that path. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Do not. So, so then, like, out of the blue, Andy's like, 
No, I just want to get my fortune told. <laughs> Andy is not witchy. Not She's not all. witchy. No. no. She would Jen, never do that. Jen? Jen? Yes. Heartbeat. I believe that in a heartbeat. <laughs> Andy? This is, even Joey, I'd believe it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because she's like hippie, but like Andy, yeah. no. she's not witchy. It doesn't make any sense. It makes this makes no sense. And Paisy asked her, "Why do you like those crystals, mumbo jumbo?" And I said, "You know, I just felt that Aaron Hensley's love is so dismissive <laughs> of her interests." I know. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, Paisy." Like, this Witter. is even authentic to Paisy's character. I, I Come know, on. I know. <laughs> So this scene ends by Andy telling Pacey that if he does Captain Skippy. Oh, that's the name of the dog. Oh, Captain okay, Skippy. okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. told you it was written down right sometimes. <laughs> um, that they can, and then she like whispers, presumably something very dirty in his ear. God knows what it is, because I don't <laughs> think, like, well, whatever. Um, God knows what it is. So, and he like agrees to do the Captain Skippy thing. Yeah, so she like bribes him with sex. Yeah. Which like, it's cute. Yeah. But it's weird because this episode's weird. Yeah. Also, um, the music cue that kind of fades that up that scene out and into the next mm-hmm. one is supposed to be run around by the blues dropper. Oh. Which is a great nineties song. Harmonica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom had a huge crush on the lead singer, John Popper, <laughs> in the nineties. Amazing. Okay, so then at the f- then we go to the fair. What is happening? <laughs> I don't. I have questions about this fair. Me too. Because if like they haven't already booked the crime dog already, like they it, what? what? Okay, <laughs> it's in. It's the middle of winter. I know. <laughs> as we established in the last episode, and everyone's wearing hats and coats. They all yeah. look wild. So it's, but it's not a like it's not a Christmas, you know, no. like a Christmas market. Which like then I would. Get no, it. They're not like selling ornaments or anything. Yeah. Like it just seems I, to be a fair. Yeah, it's like it's a normal street fair that like happens in the summer at like every place you turn. Not this summer, but yes, normally. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so like, yeah, I don't understand any of it. However, <laughs> however, right. we're, gonna we're just going to go with over it. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joey and Jack are setting up Joey's art to sell um, <laughs> at this fair. <laughs> it's this a little unclear. Big- deal to her and she hasn't mentioned it at all once not once like oh shit i got a bunch of paintings to get ready for the art Mm -hmm, fair mm -hmm. okay yeah one would think one would think but no so anyways so like joey spaces out and jack's kind of like where were you right now and she's like you know i was like i was thinking about kisses yeah and jack's kind of like because she's like, don't laugh. And then he's like, she's like, I was thinking about kisses. And he just like bursts out laughing at her, <laughs> which That's I did great. too, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I mean, also, this is like a theme of Joey telling people not to laugh and then people laughing at her. <laughs> Bessie did the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she's like, or Jack goes, you know, it's funny coming from the girl who decided to throw away relationships while in the pursuit of her true self. And Joey's kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm going to call him out because they're like, you can kiss people without a relationship. Oh, 100%. But anyways. Yeah. And Joey's like, you know, sometimes I'm sorry I said that. But if I'm being honest with you, I miss the kissing part. Ugh. So we like the f- first time we're like introduced to the idea that maybe she regrets breaking up to find herself. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was getting from it, too. But I was also like, really, really, Joey? 
I know. After last week, that's where we're at? Yeah. Uh, (sighs) And she's on this pretty good journey with Jack. Like, you know, she's apparently like selling her art. I mean, and <laughs> making a, a new friend. Yeah. So this is like a path we didn't know that was coming towards her. <laughs> but but we'll take it. Mm-hmm. And Joey's like, you know, I, I like to think I'll get kissed again before the millennium comes and goes. And Jack says it'll happen. Oh, God. Remember when you like had all these goals? No, and it was like, I know, it was like before such the a big deal. Yeah, you were like, I got yeah. it, you know, before the millennium. <sighs> and we kept calling it that. Yeah. Now they did. call it. Like at the in real time, we called it Millennium, and then now in hindsight, everyone calls it Y two K. Y two K, yeah, yeah. Like people that didn't really live through it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Dawson like comes up to this and says a hi, and then a very quick bye. But like <laughs> Joey and Jack kind of ask him to say and help, and he's like, "No, I'm helping Miss Kennedy with the sound and video stuff." And I'm like, "Again, what is this fair?" <laughs> I know it's very. <laughs> It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay, they just wanted I'm to like, totally gaslight and confuse the audience so that we like just swallowed up this really shithole of an episode. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, and I said, look, I fucking hate that Dawson seemingly has not apologized to any of his friends for last week's episode. I hate that no one's yeah. brought it up, that it all yeah. seems like it's forgotten. But I do like that Dawson is like seemingly finally fucking giving Joey space. Right. And then I think that it's kind of shitty that Joey is like now being like, maybe I don't want space. Right. Yeah. Now that she's getting what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. So Dawson leaves and Jack asks Dawson if he is a Frank or a Leo. To which Joey responds, he's definitely a Leo. And negative. No. I say no. No. (laughs) I mean, if we're talking in like real terms. He's not a Frank either. So like. No. But. I guess if you had to choose between the two, but yeah. like, come on. No. Okay. I, don't, I guess I forgot that they tried to slam it in our face that he was hot. He's yeah. not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, Jack kind of is like, you know, Dawson seems moody lately. And Joey's like, I, you know, I can tell that there's something wrong, but he doesn't want my help. And I'm like, First of all, you told him to leave you alone, so yeah. he's not asking for your help, which is nice. And then she like says that she can't wait to get their friendship back and that she misses him. And I just wanted to say, with what you said last week, that like when Joey said she wants to be friends and Dawson said he wants more, mm-hmm. like Dawson is now pulling back, and that's probably good. Like, yeah, no, I think Joey's being selfish right now. I do too. She. He laid out his boundaries and like she she wants it all her way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like that's she's not being a good friend and like a good person, you know. No, totally. And like I'm going to give her room that he like actually did sexually assault her in the last episode, but I would feel better about giving her that room if the conclusion was great. I don't want to fucking see him either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know. We do need space. You yeah, know? We yeah. Do, babe, perhaps we do need space. Um, but then Jack's like, uh, it'll happen. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> and like, and then he's like, you know, in the meantime, let's like, f- let's like find out when you're going to get kissed again and sort of points to this psychic booth that Andy alluded to. 
Oh, God. This running theme is so bizarre. <laughs> you know what it kind of reminds me of is that episode, not as well done at all, but that episode of My So-Called Life where yeah. Patty and Graham get the costumes, the Halloween costumes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Halloween episode. The Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I exactly yeah. was thinking of that. With Nikki well, Driscoll. Well, like the yeah. scare episode from first season. Yes. <laughs> it's the whole time like you're that. like, what's happening? Yeah. Then there's like a witchy woman <laughs> there, you know. That's true. That's that, like, true. like comes in and like affects all of our characters. But nothing actually like moves forward and <laughs> seemingly yeah. in the wrong place. It's like this one is at place. least in the right place. <laughs> I think. I mean, it's like Jack and Joey have broken up. They're right. Becoming friends. I mean, like, right, it's at right, least right. in the There's right enough, place. like, timeline things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so then, yeah. Because Pacey and Andy are talking, and Pacey reminds us to have safe sex. Good. And Andy wants to get their fortune read, and he's not interested. Yeah. He's like, no thanks. Don't need that in my life. <laughs> and, and, and Andy's like, I thought you didn't believe in it. And Pacey's like, I don't, but like the power of suggestion is dangerous. So I don't need to like hear this lady give me any of that advice. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of get into why Andy is so like gung ho about this. And she says, like, don't you think if you knew it was coming up, like if you knew what to expect, then you could be prepared for it. And like, I think that's the key for Andy is like, she is, has such a fear of like the unknown. Mm hmm. And she, the, like, that's my only reason that I'm, like, allowing this to, like, at all be part of her part character. Part of her character, <laughs> yeah. totally. No, it's I agree. I'm this like, is when it kind of, like, checks out. You're like, okay. okay. I guess she's, like, trying to pivot her control issues. So yeah. she's like, oh, well, what if I knew the future? Then that would make it easier. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, why do you think this lady, like, whatever. Yeah. Pull some tarot cards on your own. Like, I know. I'm sure Cape Side has a witchy store. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I bet Bessie has tarot cards. For sure she does. <laughs> I bet you. For sure. Yeah. So Pacey is like, I'll predict your future. A tall, dark, and handsome man is coming into your life and sweeping you off your feet. And is like all cute and flirty. And then she's like, good, then I'll have something to look forward to. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so cute. I do love them so much. They really are. Yeah. So um, then we go inside the psychic tent. And, and for some reason, Joey and Jack are there. Okay. And this lady has a vaguely Eastern European accent. It's so offensive. It's quite offensive. <laughs> and she seems kind of like a quack at first. Yeah, and then she's like, a total, she's like, I'm seeing a C, Colin, Corinne. <laughs> yeah. And then Joey's like, I know a Carolyn from first grade. And she's yeah. like, that's it. She yeah. took something. And you're just like, it's weird. Yeah. It, Whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and so then, then all of a sudden, they like, there's a, there's a and... gust of wind that comes through. <laughs> <laughs> that gust of wind is important, Aaron. It's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> and she like, it's like, she like turns and she's like, she says there's, she's like, there's been much pain in your past and you put up walls to close yourself from new adventures and opportunities. <laughs> Oh, God. And she tells Joey she must say yes to every opportunity that comes her way. And, and then, then she says that uh -huh. she'll come to a fork in the road. Uh-huh. And she'll be safe as long as she follows her heart. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wonder, 
That one was interesting. That one was interesting to me, too. It was very interesting to me as well. I, too, noted that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, then the psychic lights a cigarette because it was the 90s and you, you could still light cigarettes inside places. Um, not in California. No, not in California. Um, but in other places you could. Yes, 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 yes. And the psychic- I'll never forget being in Reno and a pregnant woman came up to us and was like, smoking or not? And I like... <laughs> my jaw dropped yeah yeah i have like a similar memory at vegas not pregnant but uh yeah of being like wait what um <laughs> blew my mind okay so the psychic says that a tall dark man will come into joey's life and- it's so funny because it's just like regurgitating what pacey said exactly these are what all psychics say yeah, you know totally and then joey asks when and the psychic says soon Hmm. Maybe Bodhi will come back. Oh, my God. Praise be. I hope so. Um, And then we go outside where Dawson and Miss Kennedy are talking. And she kind of, like, asks when she gets to see his movie. And, (laughs) like, Mitch won't shut up about it. (laughs) So we're kind of, like, seeing that maybe, like, they talk. Mitch and and Miss Kennedy. Yeah. They're, Mm -hmm. like, the two Mm -hmm. new teachers at Cape Side High, you know learning the ropes from each other or sure. like you know whatever sure and and dawson sort of hymns and haws about it and is like you know she goes well at least just tell me what it's about and he says that it's a romance and she's like well funny that i'm writing a romantic comedy for columbia and he's like yeah i know like i i know all about it and like be, you being here has given me so much hope and like is it me or is this conversation oddly like flirtatious well, I mean, I'm triggered from Miss Jacobs. Yeah. But the interesting thing was, I was like, man, if acted differently, it would be flirtatious. Okay. Okay. But I didn't, it, it sounds flirtatious, yeah. but I didn't get that vibe from her. I, like, I guess that's where my like weirdness is, is I'm like, she, the line she's saying seems kind of like she's hitting on him. Yeah. But she's, but then I, I don't think she is hitting on him. So yeah. maybe that's where my like confusion lay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, di- t- t- what the hell is his name? Dawson basically <laughs> says, <laughs> basically says, you know, when you grow up in a small town like Cape Side, the idea of being a filmmaker seems like this impossible dream. And like the fact that she's there has inspired him, which I actually think is kind of a great sentiment, you know. Right. It is weird, though, because they have a film class. Right. And Cliff was a was film making, nerd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Cliff wasn't a famous director or anything. I love sentiment, but the idea that Dawson feels like he's all alone, he's the only film lover, he's the only filmmaker, it's, we know that to be untrue. Right, right. So, you know, she, she, then she kind of just says, um, she would have guessed that his film was a love story because, like, he seems to have quite the romantic spirit. Um. She doesn't know him at all. I know. I think, like, I kind of was like, oh, because he's, like, telling her that, like, it's hopeful, like, that he's a hopeful person. Like, he kind mm-hmm. of is expressing mm-hmm. that. So, I don't know. Um, this whole scene's super weird, so it just made me really mad the whole time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Because yeah, then she's like, do I make you nervous? And I'm like, again, if this was, like, Miss Jacob saying it, it'd be yeah. like, do I make you nervous? Hey, and, like, yeah. ugh. And you're like, why do they write all the teachers like this? It's weird. You know? Yeah. At least, like, Miss Kennedy makes the choice to, like, 
not be creepy, but she still has to work with what she's given. Totally. As I just thought, like, I think every female teacher we've seen so far has been, like, extremely sexy. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've ever seen, like, a just, like, regular looking, you know. Well, what about Miss Tringle, the librarian? Oh, I guess Miss Tringle, the librarian, was not. So then Joey's, like, you know, so we go back to Joey and Jack, and Joey's, like, I just, like, paid $5 to tell to have someone tell me a tall, dark stranger is coming into my life. And I just would like to point out that she did not say stranger. She just said tall, dark man. I know. You're right. I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, Joey's like, I can't believe I wasted my hard-earned cash to hear that. And then they get back to Joey's art booth. And, and there's, there's a hottie. A tall guy that seems to have blonde hair, if we're being real about it. <laughs> but whatever. And then there's, like, this, there's, like, psychic. And he's white, too. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. You really don't understand what dark means I th- he had like brown eyebrows i phrase. think <laughs> dark features he's wearing a dark jacket he's wearing a dark jacket and um there's a weird psychic like penny whistle music like that flows through <laughs> that i just like it plays again Ugh, man this episode okay so we come back from commercial and the guy says tells Joey that her art is really good and then introduces himself as Colin Manchester. Okay, because I I couldn't hear it and they only said the once so I kept calling him hottie. <laughs> I called him Manchester through the whole thing. <laughs> and he's like, you know, keep up the good work and walks away. And then Joe Jack's like, listen, Joe. <laughs> come on, you're destiny you sent your destiny packing yeah and and she's like i'm not looking for a boyfriend i'm looking for myself uh, my future and jack's like you know maybe like he's a sign and an answer to that getting pre-millennium no strings kiss and like jack yeah. is basically like go have an adventure yeah, he's being a good friend. Yeah, totally. It's really cute. Totally. And Joey's like, you're right. I'm supposed to say yes to every opportunity, like going to France. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes off to like find this fucking weirdo dude. Yeah. So then we see, I guess, Grams has a booth at this fair. I think it might be a church booth. Like that was my sort of headcanon about this. Okay. Is that it was like for the like church. The church rummage sale. Yeah. Cause I was like, otherwise I don't understand. I know. She's all. not like a crafter. We don't see her we don't even see her knitting. Like, right. you know, there's certain tropes of grandmas, but we don't see her like that. Doing kind anything of like that. Vibe, you yeah. Know? And I mean, she does wear some exquisite vests that like one could assume possibly she made, but like we don't see her in the act of making them. There's no confirmation about yes. whether or not she made them. Yeah. And Jen's like, you know, Graham's like, says she appreciates Jen's help and she's sure Jen has better things to do. And Jen's like, the sad thing is I don't. Yeah. And Graham's is like, are you sure you can't work it out with that nice guy, Ty? And Jen's like, nah. And Julia's like, what the fuck? Were you not in the room when he told you that, like, Jack's homosexuality is terrible? I know. She, like, totally stood up to him. Yeah. It's like, I guess maybe she just has a longer rope or she's like, yeah, but he'll understand. I explained it to him. Like, he needs, you know, and you're just like, I mean, it makes sense because Jen forgave that, too. 
but Jen didn't explain to Graham's like, oh yeah, then he slut shamed me, made yeah. like trash, like right. he blames his sexual awakening on me, right. like his sexual desires on me. I don't have time for that. Yeah, yeah. And and like anyway, so Jen's like, no, we can't. We're gonna both gonna be single women. And yeah. then immediately Jen sees an older guy who's who's like looking at them and he comes over. <sighs> And he's like, my name is Whit Hubley, and, like, I apparently know Grams from 30 years ago. <laughs> Grams is like, I thought you were dead! <laughs> and Jen, just without missing a beat, goes, great pickup line. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the best part of the episode. so hard. I laughed so hard. I told you this is my favorite storyline of the episode. <laughs> it's the best part. I know, because Jen and Grams are building their friendship, I which agree. is similar to Jack and Joey, you know? I agree. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and and so Whit Hubley says that they haven't seen each other in 30 years. And I'm like, how old is Grams? I, I, <laughs> I have that question later on. I feel like she's supposed to be like in her late 60s or early 70s. But then I mean, like, like none of the timelines check out in their 60s and they don't look anything like Graham's looks a lot older than my parents, I think. Right. My mom's in her mid 60s and I think Graham's yeah. looks older than my mom. Yeah, I think so. And so like I'm going like, OK, even if she's not even if like she was in her 60s, like if my grandparents were in their 60s when I was in high school. Okay. Which is, I think they were actually in oh, their like, really? late 60s, maybe okay. early 70s when I was in high school. So, like, they could be, you know, like, okay, so that's probably where, that's how I came to that math. Yeah. Is I like, I think my grandparents were in their 70s and my other ones were in their 80s. Okay. But yeah, anyways, it's a weird, and I was like, stop thinking about this, Heron. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I know, I, I did too. Um, and, you know, so anyway, this guy invites Grams to dinner, and she's like, no. And um, he's, and he's like, okay, well, if you change your mind, you know where to find me. Yeah. So, and Jen just like, Jen's like super encouraging and like you know she's like really sweet she's like oh my god like you know this is cute yeah and she's kind of like you know I think he was having impure thoughts about you (laughs) I was like (laughs) Jen that is your grandmother I know Jen sexualizes everything (laughs) I know it's so funny like in this case it works sometimes it doesn't you know yeah totally and anyway, so then we go over to Joey, who finds the dude. Finds the hottie. Yeah, and he's it, not that she like. I know, but we're supposed to think that. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. And he like, she's so bold. She like introduces herself. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm Joey, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I get yeah, it, girl. Exactly. And he like asks if he can buy her a hot chocolate, because again, this outdoor fair is in winter, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It's weird, but and Joey kind of stoked, and like we see um, Jack from afar, and he's like super encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And also, Jack is being a good friend by keeping an eye on this. I agree, and I will have more on that in a bit. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so then Dawson is like looking at Miss Kennedy's film collection, and she's got yeah, all like, these old silent films. And this at this point, I was like, "What the fuck fair is this? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what is this?" <laughs> Um, and she, he's like, I also think they're like reels, but like, anyways, whatever. And I'm not, whatever. Anyways, my brain was like short circuiting. Right. And she's like impressed that he knows all the movies. And, and I'm just like, 
okay. And Dawson's like, well, you know, uh, nobody understands my tunnel vision when it comes to films. And I'm like, that's not true. I know. That is like, everyone supports him on that. They like drop everything and help him out with this. Like you have a whole group of friends that just helped you shoot an entire movie. Jack built an entire miniature version of Capeside. And they all come over for movie night. like, And they support him on this part of his, like, you know, his, you know, journey. Like, yeah. what? I know. It's very odd. And he's like, it used to bother me that they didn't support or understand my obsession. But but now it doesn't. <laughs> and I it's, know. like, weird how he just, like, thinks he can turn on a dime. I mean, I felt it was, like, it was interesting for him to finally, like, say that he 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 feels kind of alone. Uh-huh. You know, in the sense yeah. that like he's a film person and his friends aren't. Right. But but then like where he just like it doesn't bother you anymore. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like uh, yeah, yeah. It's just super I mean, weird. I get it that they're not like obsessive like you, but like they do indulge your fucking world in a pretty meaningful way. I just don't think that's true because Pacey's super into movies. Right. They just yeah. don't have the same interest Taste. that he does. Right. Yeah. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, right. you know, like, I don't think Dawson has good taste in movie. Every director he's always named is a man, you know? Yeah. And so, like, that's fucking boring. Like, yeah. you know? Like, Spielberg is fine, but they, you know, it's just, like, what? Just more, like, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a certain type of movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Pacey tends to like more action movies and whatever. And, like, there's nothing fucking wrong with that, totally. you know? Totally. There's hella good action movies, you know? Yes. So Miss Kennedy's like, you know, I get it. I'm obsessive about my writing, too, and I'm sure it shows in my work just as it shows in yours. And then he goes, well, speaking of my work. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you want me to watch your movie? And she's like, I thought you'd never ask, you know. That's only a good part of the scene, you know? Yeah. Because, like, he asked for consent. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like that's so much of this episode is like these few little things have to happen, but we have to spend a ton of time getting to those like things. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, so Joey in Manchester, which is that guy, are talking and she's like telling about her mom. And they're like connecting over art, you know? Yeah, connecting over art. And they sit by the fire. And then he's like, then he turns hella creepy. So creepy. (laughs) Like, it's like, mid-sentence practically a non sequitur you're so beautiful you're unbelievably beautiful <laughs> what <laughs> run i said run run and then he like starts touching her face yeah and like talking about her lips okay and she, then because he joey cannot take it she like kind of brushes it off i was like there's a part of me that thinks it's that thing that you were talking about where like she cannot take a compliment and then also i'm like but also this guy's being fucking creepy but it she doesn't seem that creeped out by it so yeah. i like i don't exactly know what the tone i'm supposed to be getting here is and then yeah he um talks about how sensuous her lips is, are <laughs> And he kind of, like, touches her face and her lips. Like, and she's kind of like, oh, am I going to get kissed? Yeah. And then he, he compares to- her lips to Carol Lombard's. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he asks if she can, he can photograph her. <laughs> Is that a callback to the C name? 
of the matter. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Anyways, he's like, can I photograph you? And I'm like, Joey, this is a plot to get sold into sexual slavery. <laughs> yeah, Joey. <laughs> Not great. What's going on? I know. And sh- Joey says, sure. Yes. <laughs> I might have more on that in a sec. <laughs> she obviously hasn't watched any Lifetime movies. No. But that, you know, that's my uh, class showing because yeah. we had cable. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> and hangovers. Yes. <laughs> that's not about class. That's just about drinking. Um, the best hangover cure are Lifetime movies. Um, so true. Yeah. So then Jen and Grams are like are like at the booth <laughs> Jen's and- just like it's all this weirdo shit <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. and Graham's is like oh that's a decorated clothespin to close your chips <laughs> I was just like sounds like we're running a great booth here everyone what the fuck and then uh, the old guy comes over and asks Graham's to dinner and says he won't take no for an answer <laughs> and Graham's is kind of stoked but then she like freaks out yeah it's so compelling, you know, it's such a good scene. I know. And he like she like agrees and yeah. he like he's like he gives her a rose. Mm-hmm. He gives her a rose and walks away. And then Grams is sort of like gets kind of emotional, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jen asks, like, what's wrong? Is she, are you like feeling guilty over Gramps? Because like you really shouldn't. Yeah, Jen's so wise and sensitive. I know. And then, like, you know, Gramps is kind of like, no, it's it's like that I thought that part of my life was over. And there are, like, these things that I've said goodbye to. Yeah. And then... It's so interesting. Like, this is this part of life that, like, is not really represented to teens, you know? Yeah. It's like how hard it would be for Grams to be like, I thought I was for the rest of my life with that guy. And now, like, I'm realizing I have a whole lifetime left to live. Right. Like, right. And, like, I'm going to move, you know, I've got to move forward into whatever that is. Yeah. Like, it's her own journey to confidence. Yeah. And moving forward. Totally. And it's, like, an interesting parallel to Dawson because Dawson's like, yep, this one thing, it's going to be my life, you know? Yeah. And, like, you can see Helen Graham's, like, she thought the same thing. And it could, like, you know, you could have that part of your life, but, like, then there is a whole other life to live, you yeah. know? Yeah. Totally. And, you know, Jen's like, or Grams tells Jen that she, like, graduated from high school with this guy. So, again, the timeline is just yes. a total mess. Because, <laughs> you know, um, like, at that point, we're like, so there's this thing, Grams is 48, but she was married for 40. Anyways, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and then she's like, you know, I, I went to high, I graduated from high school with him, but I look old enough to be his mother. Um, and Jen's like, well, you know, let's, let's help you out. Like, we can, yeah, we can she's like, deal with that. Yeah. And like, this is when Jen shines. She did yeah. this in the beauty contest, you know? Yeah. So we're like, yes, makeover. I love when Jen gives people a makeover. <laughs> totally. I also, I got to, I'm going to caveat that too and say that I love that Jen only gives me- people a makeover when they seem to want it. Like, yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. trying to push makeovers on people, but she's like, hey, I think this is yeah. your, I think this is the solution. You know, and it's not often the solution, but when it is, she like really has got got it nailed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. So, Pacey. This is then when I realized what was happening with Pacey. 
He's doing Captain Skippy slash McGruff the Crime Dog. It's like a, a puppet on yeah. his hand. Yeah. And, <laughs> and definitely... he's like sticking his head through a cutout of a doghouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And... <laughs> Did you have you never seen that at a random fair in the middle of winter? <laughs> This whole thing's unbelievable because, like, doing it's not like you just get some random person off the street to do drug count, you know, I drug know. education. Like, it, it, whatever. Like, like, these are whole like curriculums that are written. I know, I know, and often don't work. Um, so, uh, then he, the kids start heckling him, which is my favorite part. Yes, <laughs> the most authentic part. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So so then we cut over to Andy, who's in the psychic um, tent, yeah. and another wind comes <laughs> comes in and blows and, out the candle. Right. I literally was like, this shit is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And then Pacey, like, finds her, because he's, like, walked away after the kids started heckling him. He's like, I gotta take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and he finds her, and she's upset, and she he's like that's the entire interaction she's like i'm going for a walk and he's like oh yeah. okay <laughs> it's super weird yeah. okay yeah, so joey and jack are like hanging out and joey's like yeah i'm gonna go meet up with the hottie at a secondary location and jack's <laughs> like girl this is a bad idea yeah he's like where are you going <laughs> and Joey's like, there's the community arts building. It's got costumes and stuff. And Jack's, Jack's like, like, never go to a secondary location. Hello. Jack's like, where's you, your training? You don't know anything about this, like this guy. And like, and Joey's like, yeah. And he doesn't know anything about me. And he's like an artist. He has life experience. Maybe I'll learn something. Also, I want to <laughs> say that like, it was established that he's a freshman at the Art Institute. So like, he's not, he's, an art student. Yeah. <laughs> not that that's not an artist, but like, he doesn't have a ton of life, ex- more life experience than you, Joey. <laughs> right. Like two like years I guess maybe that's why you. she feels safer because she's like, yeah, I mean, he's like 18, <laughs> right, you know? Right. Totally. But uh, it's a weird, like, misplacement <laughs> of her, like, I'm going to be fun. And you're like, oh my God, you're going to go sold on to sexual slavery? Like, <laughs> I, like I want to say this feels out of character as fuck like I yeah. get it that like the point is that the psychic told her that she should go you know like say yes to things and like stop yeah. putting up these walls but I'm sorry this there's so many red flags in this that I feel yeah, like, like I mean I don't think there's nothing wrong with her going to meet up with that guy like I mean at sure. the fair getting that hot cocoa oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. maybe going in on like a walk the next day on the boardwalk you know but she's like I mean this is like <laughs> he's gonna go take photos of me at like this other place I don't really know where it is and you're like oh Bad no, plan. don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> so he's like, I'm having an adventure. Yeah. And Jack's like, nah, I'm going with you. Yeah. And I'm Jack's like, like, Jack is such a good friend. Thank God for Jack. <laughs> Jack's like, this guy definitely could be a psychopath. FYI. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, girl, sing it because he might be. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But yeah. like, yeah, you like. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm going to I want to go like do this. Like, hey, can you come with me? And like, right. you need a fucking accomplice. Like, for absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we go over to the screening room. 
Oh my god, and we get another scene with Rachel Lee Cook uh-huh. and um, Abby, Abby Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> and oh my god, would you give anything to see this movie? Actually, I totally would. <laughs> it's so I mean, bad. It looks awful. It's so. It's also like so. The, the scene that they're acting isn't from the second episode uh-huh. where um, Joey is like you know changing out of the bloody like bathing suit and jen like comments on her tits or whatever and the scene's actually really sweet i think when we watch it as the viewer but in dawson's viewing of it joey's like character is (laughs) wildly inappropriate (laughs) and the jen character played by abby morgan is like unbelievable (laughs) like you know like it's (laughs) It's horrible. It's horrible. She and the like, acting's bad. Every, I just, my note was, again, this movie seems fucking awful. I know. <laughs> it seems really bad. So um, then we move over to Graham's house. Yeah. And Jen and is like dying Graham's hair in the kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cute. It is. And then Jen, of course, like sexualizes everything. She's talking about contraception. Yeah, she's contraceptives. Like, it's the 90s. We, women have to protect themselves. You have contraceptives. <laughs> I'm like, Jen, that's your grandma. I know. It's like, I love her for being woke. Like, Jen, <laughs> like, I love it. But I'm also like, I mean, Grams isn't going to fuck this guy. Like, right. you're lucky if she's going to, like, go to actually go to dinner with him, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, She's not there on her journey, you know. Yeah. And and Grams is like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. And Jen's like, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jen, so they're like, like cute, though, because they're building their own boundaries with each other, you know. Totally. And Jen's like, you know, I actually think it's going to be like a magical evening of o- old school romance. And then has to get that last dig in and says that Wit probably has Trojans in his wallet. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Jen. Yeah, yeah. So then we go over to the photography shoot. (laughs) And they're like flipping through the clothes and then Joey puts some clothes on and she's like, I feel like a drag queen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, drag queens are, I know how to dress. I just want to say it. It's a weird, like when it kind of dips into a little bit of like, it didn't age well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And Jack's kind of like, you look great. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then, like, the hottie's like a typical photog. He's like, give me this, give me that. <laughs> and you're like, has, like, anyone ever been on a photo shoot? Yeah. Okay. It's like a montage straight out of any movie with a photo shoot. Yeah. And he's like, you're Marilyn Monroe singing to JFK. <laughs> and then Jack is like, you're the ghost of Catherine waiting for Heathcliff at the end of Wuthering Heights. And I just said, listen, this is gay. This what's happening right here is very just like just like very gay. <laughs> I'm into yeah. it, but it's gay. Yeah. And then the hottie like kind of turns to Jack and he's like, "Are you, are you two just friends?" And Jack like thinks he's encouraging and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, just definitely friends, just friends, you know? definitely just friends." And like and at one Joey point, changes into like a pretty woman outfit, thigh high boots, and a leopard print coat. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. And then she's in a suit and I love a woman in a suit, like very yeah. Diane Keaton and Annie Hall. It's funny because like, 
you know, she's trying to be all sexy, but all she can do is like cute girl next door. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really authentic, though. It's yeah. Really funny. I know. And, <laughs> and the hottie's like, you're a born diva. Yeah. He says she's a born diva. <laughs> well, because Jack kind of like sees them's end and he like Jack does like a great friend thing, which is like, OK, it's safe here. Like I can yeah, feel yeah. it. Absolutely. I'm going to I'm going to like I'm peace out and yeah, like yeah. give you guys a second. And then, yeah, he calls her a born diva. And there's, like, this moment of silence where you feel like a kiss might happen. But then he, like, walks yeah. away. Yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. <laughs> so. It's really fucking funny, though. It is. It is pretty <laughs> episode's wild. It's, there's episode's just, like, a lot so going on. Wild. So weird. <laughs> so then Jen is, like, you know, trying to find an outfit for Grams. And she puts makeup on Grams. Mm-hmm. And Grams looks fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> She does. She looks great. She's got new hair. I actually think this is what Mary Beth Peel really looked like when they shot this yeah. show. They had to age her up a lot yeah. for Grams. Yeah. And um, so I think this was like actually her regular look. She looked great. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. And then we go back to the fair and it's nighttime now. This fair is still going. I don't <laughs> understand this fair. Very weird. <laughs> so Pacey goes up to the like the madam fortune teller and wonders why she doesn't tell people what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, you know what I see? I see a young boy with a mask on who's afraid that he's built a life on a house of cards and a gust of wind could come and knock it all down. <laughs> and Bro. you're like, he didn't pay five bucks, so why are you doing this? <laughs> and Paisley looks fucking freaked by this, obviously. And then like... I just wanted to point out, sorry, that's every man in this show. Like, that's why it's so funny because she just is like, I mean, I know that's what we're supposed to take away. She just says the most generic um, fortunes, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's interesting. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) It's just like a therapy. That's therapy. Um, it's weird it's a weird through line of this um, it episode. is very weird but, she's yep. also got some very purple eyeshadow on and yeah. these like lampshade earrings that are just really something else yeah um, so then we go back to the photo shoot and Joey is like back in her regular clothes and yeah. the guy like like goes to ask her something like a few times like is like can I I want to ask you something uh, uh, and it kind of looks like they're going to kiss Mm-hmm. But then he asks if Jack is single. Yeah. And, and Joey's like, <laughs> And I gotta say, like, I, I remember watching this episode in 1999 and not, like, picking up on any of that. And in 2020, the second he told her her lips looked like Carol Lombard's, I was like, that guy is gay. No, because I completely agree. <laughs> I like, I, I'm right there with you because I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I forgot how obvious this was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When you're watching it now, even when he's like creeping on her, it actually doesn't feel creepy. It's just what he's saying is creepy. Yeah, you know, totally, totally. <laughs> like it's not like a Chris Wolf situation. No, you know, it, exactly. So it doesn't feel like he's sexualizing her. It's just fucking creepy. Yeah, it's just know? like that's a creepy thing to ask someone, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So then Joey goes back and tells Jack like he was gay. Yeah. And she's like, he compared me to Madonna and Marilyn Monroe. And I'm like, yes, Joey. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. It's like, not the first time Madonna has come up. You no. know? And Jack's and like, what? Jack's like, shook. <laughs> yeah. 
and this is the first time he's like interacted with another gay person since he's come out uh-huh that he's knows of yeah and yeah and joey's and jo- like, like you gotta get better gaydar yeah. <laughs> and then jack kind of bristles and is like you know oh i hear they're giving a training course on it down at the community center and yeah. joey like backs off and is like i'm sorry i'm new at this like you know yeah, i'm yeah, trying yeah. to like a, she's like i'm trying to be your friend and i'm trying to be like a good you know no, they're totally like building their boundaries and she didn't totally. mean to hurt yeah you know, jack and jack like totally freaks out you know and yeah. like and kind know. of i mean i get where he's coming from too totally yeah 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 and Joey's like, no, I told him, um, I told the hottie to meet up with you. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he gets really uncomfortable and he yeah. storms off. Because she's like, and Joey is like, you know, he's smart and attractive. What's your problem? Just go out with him. And Jack uh-huh. says, just because there happens to be a second homosexual in Cape Side, it doesn't mean I'm obligated to go out with him. Yeah. And like, so I, I just want to say I love that Joey is trying, but also like, I love that Jack is like, here is what I need from you. Yeah. And I think actually Joey, and we'll get to the the next time we see Joey, but like, I think that like, she really handles this very well, right? Like, like this wasn't the first series, obviously, to have a gay series regular. Um, that was my so-called life. And there was maybe one or two others in between. But like, we, we were not getting this like, push-pull between queer people and their straight friends on like anything else right like showing like hey queer when your friends come out as queer like they need they actually need you to act a little bit differently like Mm -hmm. you know and and i think like there's something this is like one of my favorite parts of the episode because i think like this kind of scene is so interesting and good and like that's such a great display of like hey this is how you do allyship right and wrong right like like he's saying this is what i need and then when she like doesn't do something right she doesn't say like oh my god i'm just like she kind of says i was just trying to help but it's not like defensive yeah and then she like tries to make it better yeah um, you know and is like you know i'm sorry like immediately apologizes when like she sees how uncomfortable he's getting you know yeah so we move over to the screening room (laughs) (laughs) Dawson's movie is ending and he's like well what did you think (laughs) and it's like very similar to the Jen reading the script Uh where she's like do you really want to know what I think Uh do you want my real opinion do you want the truth yep and he's like yeah of course I want the truth so he still doesn't know that people give him the Dawson truth yeah yeah and she lays into him. Uh, I have it written like, down. If okay, you want. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she says, "I think your film is completely uninspired. The production value is flat. The story's non-existent. Even your dialogue isn't believable. It lacks it lacks emotion of any kind and says nothing to the audience." <laughs> <laughs> Damn! It was incredible, and again, made me want to see this movie. <laughs> so bad i feel like we would have a good time with this movie oh my god and she says it's a preposterous soap opera about a bunch of teenagers who talk too much and i would i know i was like then we get meta (laughs) that's my meta water glass it's the best i can do in these trying times (laughs) um 
so she's like she's like it borders on um uh, plagiarism. Yeah, plagiarism. Because <laughs> she's like, you know, it's these cliches of these self-aware, self-referential teens. I think it's kind of sending up Scream. Like, I, that's what I got the feeling of, is like, it's mm. sending up Scream a little bit, and it's sort of self-referentialness. Right, And right. she says it borders on plagiarism. And then Dawson kind of is like, I mean... He, like, starts to grovel. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's only my second movie. <laughs> And Miss Kennedy's like, Hollywood's tough. The rejection is real and it's hard and it hurts. Yeah. And she tells him. It's like, it's like he's getting a taste of Pacey's educational experience. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because like, my thing was like, look, with this teacher, I think you can give this criticism constructively. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. It seems like a terrible movie. We've said so for a long time now. Yeah, 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 yeah. This seems like a very bad movie. Well, she's not taking me as a teachable moment, you right. know? <laughs> so she's just kind of ripping it apart. And she's kind of being Hollywood about it, right? As though he is, like, co- coming to her with this at Columbia TriStar saying, will yeah. you make my movie? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, instead Which of... Which I guess could be a teachable moment, you know? Because, like, that's what he's trying to experience but like even when he's kind of like it's my second movie like you know i'm still learning like she doesn't then like tone it down right again it's hard because like this is literally pacey's experience yeah teachers just being fucked up to him no matter what yeah yeah so dawson thanks her and she kind of apologizes and leaves and I also was like, what are these people doing at this fair that they had time to sit and watch this movie? I know. <laughs> In this screening room, where's this screening room? What is happening? <laughs> it's like an outdoor fair and then like an in, I guess, is that the Rialto? I have no idea, Aaron. It was not clear. <laughs> it's very weird. So Jack finds Joey with like a cup of coffee and he apologizes for overreacting. Yeah. And he says, you know... He, he knows it. he's like I should be moving forward uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. with my but new I'm, sexual identity but I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a pretty authentic thing to say and just like a really true thing. Like yeah. look, coming out was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it two episodes ago. Yeah, and like just like that is such a big deal, the idea of then like moving forward to the next step of like right. you know pursuing someone dating someone like kind of like in a sense making it real like mm-hmm. i'm not ready for that you mm-hmm. know yeah and she's like you know we have a lifetime of adventures ahead of us plenty of time for romance and jack does this really sweet thing where he like leans over and he kisses her on the forehead and he says you know there's plenty of time to be kissed and she yeah. kind of like leans into him and they put their arms around each other and i just like i fucking love such a this. cute friend moment and just, like, they have good chemistry. They seem to, you know, really like each other. Uh, these characters are like, yeah, I like you. You know, I think you're a cool person. I want to yeah, be there for both you. Giving each other what the other person needs yeah. also within the boundaries of the other person has laid out. Right. And I feel like that's like, you know, besides Pacey and Andy, they're the only people we're seeing do this right now. You yeah, know? Totally. No, the McPhees are great people. They're good people. Yeah, they are. Agreed. So then we go over to Dawson, who is walking around this fair just looking rejected. Yeah. The, the and song. He, like, 
Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. So the no, song is supposed to be Natalie Merchant's Life is Sweet, again with Natalie Merchant. Um, and yeah, then he sees Miss Kennedy and she... Yeah, so he like looks to one side yeah. and he sees Miss Kennedy and she gets in the car with his dad. Uh-huh. And he shook. Yes. And then he looks to the other side and he sees Joey being friends with Jack. Yeah. She's like and selling her art. Shook. Yeah. She's selling her art. And like she tells Jack that she sold an art piece. And then um, and then like she's they hug and then, you know, I just... And then like, he gets his face. So what did you think? What are we supposed to take away from that scene? I feel like... Because it's like... Yeah, go It's ahead. like, is he seeing that he could be friends with Joey if he was able to, like, respect her boundaries <laughs> and knew how to apologize? That's not what I took. What I took was that... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... I mean, to be quite frank. Um, what I took was that, like, <laughs> Dawson feels like everyone's leaving him behind. And, like, he's being left behind, even his, by his dad, who is now, like, possibly huh, doing something with Miss Kennedy. And I, I was saying, like, I have space for this Dawson. I have space for the Dawson that feels like he's getting left behind. But I have no space for him blaming that on other people. Right, 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 right. Or being on that journey internally, you know, not talking to people about it. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then we go over to the fire and Pacey and Andy are like sitting there and Andy's like, you know, I wanted to know things are going to get better, but the troubles of the past are only a preview of what's to come. That's what the psychic said. (laughs) It's very weird. And And Pacey's like, why you gotta listen to a $5 carny? (laughs) Like, he is not wrong. (laughs) No, not at all. And he says to her, your future is going to be so bright and magnificent that it's going to be off the scale, no matter how, there's no measure for how wonderful your life is going to turn out. Yeah, and she's like, I can't believe it. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll believe it for you. Uh, It's really sweet. It's very nice, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then Joey goes up to the hottie and mm-hmm. lets him know that she crossed a boundary with his, her friend and he's not going to be showing up. Mm-hmm. And hottie's like, it's okay. I'm on the proverbial perpetual rebound. Uh-huh. Because he, she's like, huh? <laughs> And he's like, I just broke up with someone that I used to be friends with, and we had been friends for a long time, and now I don't have the relationship or the friend, and he's and he's like, you know, I'm just trying to fill a void. And I'm like, huh, sound familiar? <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Jack was filling the void, although they yeah. didn't build an authentic relationship. Right. But um, yeah. But she didn't just break up with Dawson. No, I agree. But I think like they've been the broken show up is... longer than they were together. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the show is like, see, see, Joey, see, like no, it this does this weird ass thing. Takes a turn that like made me so fucking mad. I was I like, now we're back to like, Joey, don't you miss Dawson? And yeah. you're like, why? He's a piece of shit to her. Nothing's changed. <laughs> he sexually assaulted her in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> In front of a room full of people, I might add. Joey be single, you know? She's not allowed to be single. Oh, God, I wish. Um, So 
Joey's so she, Joey's like wonders why they broke up the hottie and his ex and uh-huh. he's like you know at the time there were a million reasons why but now I can't remember any and you're like Joey do not <laughs> do this don't do it Joey and he's like I was in such a hurry to move forward <laughs> but sometimes it's impossible to go back uh-huh uh-huh I mean, that is true, but also, what? And he, like, kisses Joey on the cheek very oddly, since these people don't fucking know each other, and then says goodnight. It's weird. Yeah. That whole scene. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, like he says, like, I was in a hurry to move forward, but it's it's sometimes impossible to go back because, like, Joe Dawson's the one who's always saying, like, oh, can we go back? Right. The way things were, you know? Yeah. And even this guy's saying, like, that's impossible. Right. Well, and Joey also has this, this, like, can we go back? We, I want to go back to, you know, just being friends. I want to go back to this. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's not possible. Exactly. So, so Jen then is drinking coffee and sees Grams, who looks great. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she what's goes up? up to, she's like, what's going on? How yeah. did it go? <laughs> And Graham's is like, oh, um, he said his wife got sick and so he canceled. And Jen's like horrified. Yeah. <laughs> My like, boyfriend was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a fucking creep. I know. I'm so sorry that you made Charles watch this. I'd like you to extend my apologies to him. <laughs> I didn't make it. Yeah, I was I like, know. this one's bad. And he came in and sat down. I mean, it's quarantine. So fucking boring. I know. <laughs> all right. So Grams is like, you know, it's all good, Jen. Like, you did something wonderful me to, f- wonderful for me today. And she says, you know, I can't keep living in the past. I need to open up to new people and new friends. She's like, I need to move forward. Mm. it's sweet that like grams can be so positive yeah i agree you know yeah you can see where like her maturity allowed her to manage her expectations in a in a healthy way you know yeah totally so her expectation of this night was just like go yeah (laughs) that was what she was hoping to get from it yeah like you know um and jen's like you know do you ever get afraid of facing the future alone and Jen says or Graham says yes sometimes and Jen says me too and I just like I like that they kind of have each other in this like yeah it's really sweet because Jen's such an old soul so mm -hmm. it's cool that she's going to be learning from an old soul as well Uh, you know totally um it's like a really good um dynamic that they're building yeah and then um, Dawson goes to ask for a psychic reading, but the psychic is closed. She's like breaking down her tent. Yeah. And then he like starts muttering that he knows what his future holds. Like, he, do- I don't need to know the future. I know what my future holds. And he's like, Dawson Leary is destined to, to live in misery and die loveless, friendless and in complete obscurity. And I'm like, I know he hasn't so much as mentioned being absolutely fucking awful to his friends in the last episode, but this episode is maybe some karma for that last one, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, we're seeing that, like, to him, rock bottom would to be obscure, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, a part of his journey is fame. Yeah. 
that's what he's hoping for yeah yeah and so that just it's so shallow to me you know yeah yeah. and um she like finally sits down and she she um, just draws a tarot card does not like give a a tarot reading but like draws a card he just pulls a card yeah yeah. and she's like ooh, the lovers (laughs) and she says a soulmate walks in your path again soulmate i'm like please shoot me um time we've heard it now yeah and he she's like you know one you have known for many lifetimes before this one she knows you well she sees into your soul and feels your pain and dawson's like she blew me off (laughs) and then the psychic's like no she's here she surrounds you and that's what what, that which was lost can be found again (sighs) yeah so Okay, we don't know if it was upright or reversed, so we're not really sure, right? Mm -hmm. But according to Biddy Tarot, upright, the keywords of the lovers are love, harmony, relationships, value alignment, and choices. Okay. And the reversed is self-love, disharmony, imbalance, misalignment of values. Hmm. It's like a common misconception that the lovers would be lovers. Right. Interesting, Aaron. That's very mm-hmm. interesting. So um, Dawson kind of thanks her and is like, leaves. And then, like, well, he like reaches in his pocket to give five dollars, and then she's gone. <laughs> and then she like disappears. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like offensive that they're trying to make her like this, like gypsy, like <laughs> yeah. Romany, like know. you know, I like, do know, just like an accent. It's so fucked up. I know, and. The the music you hear is supposed to be Howl by Lisa Loeb. I mean, 90s ladies all over the place. And then we kind of cut over to Dawson sitting in his room. Yeah, and he's looking at the model of Cape Side. Yeah. And but- then, like, out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, do it. Just say He it. gets angry and he uh-huh. completely destroys the town, the model, the town. That jackpot. Yeah, that Jack built. It's the same scene as when Joey breaks up with him and he like shoves everything off of his desk and yeah. destroys it. Yeah. And like it was jarring to me. Yeah. He just like he he's Why does he erupt of- in anger like that? I don't know. I you know, it's funny, this rewatch has been the first time I've ever really like had those notes, like noted that like so specifically, you know, and he does it a lot. Yeah. It's kind of, it's fucking, it's scary, man. It is. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, like, I don't think it, that behavior is, like, ever really necessarily justified. But, like, right. you don't even know what triggers him totally. to behave like that. This, you know, at least with the Joey episode, the dance episode, when they break up, it's because they broke up, you know? Yeah. Again, I don't think that behavior is justified, but you understand what triggered him, you right. know? This, like, whoa, just, like, him pull someone pulls a lover's a tarot card and like mentions the word soulmate (laughs) and then he's like triggered yeah i mean that seems bad that (laughs) seems bad so then joey like walks up his lawn and stares at his window and it's like kind of montage supposed to think about her like she took to heart what the hottie said i mean yeah i think that's what we're supposed to think yeah I I don't know. I mean, I don't know why there's this sudden reversal from Joey. Yeah. Particularly like, like after it's last only week's been episode. been two episodes since or one episode since her and Jack broke up. Right. Two episodes. 
Yeah, this is the second episode since they broke up. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. And like last week, there was that horrible episode. She forgives yeah. him immediately, which is totally ugh, fucked. And then it's like she's like seemingly totally losing this will to like go find herself. Yeah. She's like, I sold a painting. I found myself. (laughs) (laughs) There I was. I like did a weird photography shoot. Then we cut from her staring at the window to Dawson staring at a bedside photo of her. Uh Uh-huh. Excuse me? I know. And then he like, (laughs) he grabs the phone and he's like maybe calling her house. Yeah. But no one picks up. It rings and he hangs up. And then he like turns off the light. And so and she sees Joey the light go off. Sees the light go off, which does not that typically wouldn't have stopped her right. from going in there, you know. But sure. okay, so then she rows off, and he like sits in his window, <laughs> and he's pouty crying or something. I don't yeah, think he's quite like, crying. Yeah, and, and then Joey walks up to her house, uh-huh. and oh shit, I forgot it. This is how this episode ends. <laughs> As did I, Aaron Hensley. As did I. <laughs> and there's a tall, dark, a tall man. dark man in the doorway. Uh-huh. And she whispers, Daddy. Because it's Mike Potter, who we met at the season one finale, who is apparently Free out of prison. From jail. Yeah. Okay. How did they not know this? I have a lot of questions. I have so many questions. So many questions. I think this is like one of those things where they're like, our audience is privileged. They don't know anyone who's been incarcerated. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to tell you that they're wrong, but I just bought this totally fine in 1999. I didn't, you know. You're like, checks out. Yeah, Yeah, checks out. (laughs) Someone just shows up. Um, I feel like I keep saying this over and over again, but this was like definitely a setup episode, but I feel like the whole middle part of this season is all setup episodes. Right. I mean, I'll give it to them that I think starting with the next episode, they will stop being setup episodes and start being payoff episodes. But, um, there's like... Well, you just get the vibe that they didn't have a season-long trajectory. I definitely get that vibe. I I know. Because I do think the last episode is good, and yeah. it was a really compelling continuation of Jack's coming out story. Absolutely. And that would have been a good place. Like, this episode's pointless. Pointless. Like, if they wanted to have the stupid reveal of, you know, the, of Mike Potter coming back, they could have just thrown that in. They threw it at the end of this episode. Totally. Just throw it at the end of the last episode and don't make us live through this misery. <laughs> right. No, I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. I think like, but like the, the um, all nighter episode, I felt like was a good setup episode. There was like two, maybe two others that I said that about that, like weren't the coming out episodes or mm-hmm. last week's. But then this is another set. This is not a good setup episode. It's a terrible setup episode. Well, it doesn't really. I guess it's supposed to set up that Dawson is unhappy. I feel like it's supposed to set up Dawson and Joey, like possibly finding each other again. Right. And I also think it's supposed to set up like Pacey and Andy, like Andy's life might get a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it seems to be pointing at. 
And then, but like, there's no setup for Grams and Jen, except for maybe that they're getting closer, right? Like, they're kind of moving towards each other as opposed to away from each other. And then, like, really, this whole episode, the whole episode seems to be about moving towards Mike Potter coming back. (laughs) But it's like, it doesn't ever move towards what's going to happen there. Like, that's just the cliffhanger at the end of the episode. And then, like I said at the beginning, there's like, like the next episode, this one aired, what did I say, March uh, 10th? The next episode isn't aired till April 28th. Oh, wow. That's a long time. So it's like a huge gap. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and then um, I know that, like, when season two was airing in real life, like, halfway through, like, basically it started off strong and then people really started hating season two. Yeah. yeah, And I'm guessing it culminated with this episode, which is fucking stupid. (laughs) Um, But, like... I know that, like, we both read an article recently about that's how, that's what they had to fix in season three. It's like this, basically that this kind of falls apart. Like, there, no one seems to have a trajectory. Um, Right. Like, literally this episode feels like just filler. Like. Yeah, it's like pointless to sit through. Like, the, the characters start and end in almost the exact same place that they like. I mean, I guess we find out that Jack's not ready, you know. Um, yeah, Jack has a slight move forward. Jen and Graham's kind of slightly move forward. Yeah, and but we other than find that, out like, that Mitch already... maybe is dating a teacher. Yeah, that's totally. those are the all three pieces of information we find out. Yeah, until Mike Potter comes back. Exactly. Super weird. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, this, I, like I said, I think this is the worst episode of season two. Without a doubt, there, yeah. it's yeah, indisputed. <laughs> 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 so. it's horrible yeah so who are you rooting for i mean fuck. i mean i'm rooting for jen and grams like i mm-hmm. i agree with you i yeah. love that storyline i'm rooting for jack and joey to be to this friendship i love this friendship between the two of them i think they're so they're kind of so great with each other yeah as friends. they make space to be honest like that's so um that must have been really hard of jack to admit and say that he he wasn't ready to yeah pursue a guy you know totally and then like you know pacey is so supportive of andy and i love that um mm-hmm. but i i but agree their storyline was so stupid it was so stupid and i agree with you that it seems like what you know he's really doing a lot of the caring um yeah. right at the moment and so yeah. that you know yeah they're that's it yeah (laughs) that's all i'm rooting for everything else seems garbage and i cannot i mean i know pacey and dawson didn't talk at all during this episode but like the fact that that the fact that what he said to pacey and what he did to joey was not addressed um and what he said to jack like none of that was addressed yeah i just i cannot believe they move past that episode and then pretend like like it didn't happen. I think the only time they kind of maybe attempt to address it is when Jack's like, you know, he's like, he's going through something right now. <laughs> and then they both make space for him. Yeah. No. So. So wild. That's where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, I mean, the Jen and Graham storyline so interesting. I'm I'm loving new Grams this watch, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, because it I hated her probably more than I did, <laughs> like you know, the first time. Mm-hmm. And, 
this watch, you know? Mm -hmm. So seeing her journey so interesting, it's really compelling um, storytelling. Uh, just like what it would be like to lose your husband after all that time and like mm -hmm. still, you know, and then also be someone who was raised in a world where it was different for women and now have to like come out of that yeah. into a world that you don't even recognize. So that would be so hard. Um, so yeah. her story is really interesting, I think. Um, yeah, I think Jack is, he's dynamic right now. So it's really interesting to watch his journey. Mm -hmm. And it is cool. Like he had the only other cool storytelling of this episode, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's hard to root for Joey because I just don't like the way they're writing her character right now, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I hate her wishy-washiness. Like, yeah. I, uh, I don't mind people having a realization like, oh, I thought that this was what I wanted, but I don't want that. Like, totally. when, she, when she breaks up with Dawson and says, yeah. like, I thought this was what I wanted, but I, I don't think I do or I'm not ready for it yet. And there also would be nothing wrong in my mind of her being like, oh, I thought I didn't want to be with you, but I actually do. And yeah. these are the reasons why, but we don't really see her coming right. to that on her own. It's right. like some stranger was like, Oh, I don't have a friend or a relationship and I'm lonely. <laughs> and you're like, well, he, that person wasn't your fucking friend. If they can't like pivot back to being friends, you know, or right. like, <laughs> so like, I don't yeah. know. It's like, Joey and Jack are friends, you know, like, again, like you said, maybe it's different because he's gay. So and like, different. I get not being able to be friends right away. Like I get needing to like get over stuff yeah. and then like be like, okay, we can work on this again. Yeah, of course. But like, yeah, I mean, I think like, I think that they just never let Dawson and Joey have time apart to find their way back to each other in some like organic way. Yeah. You know, it's like, it feels like it keeps getting like, sh she's like, no, no, no. And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And then, and then the second, like he gives her any space, they get kind of forced together again. And I feel like it's just like, that's just like not a very good story arc. I know. You know, I know. and it's not like they get forced together again for beyond their will. It's like they're will they're like putting themselves together again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, totally. Yeah. It's fucked up <laughs> it, is, it is okay so for our listener corner uh -huh. um this is something that angela had brought up and i was going to talk about it last week but i felt like we probably want to sit on it and talk about it mm -hmm. after we had thought about it more yeah so she kind of says um i know joey has was seen as lower class on the show but i always felt like she was more privileged than me she was pretty although she didn't know it, white lived on the water and had an actual house. Mm -hmm. um, growing up in Los Angeles and seeing Joey as a poor person, having a house on the water didn't compute, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I do think that this is interesting yeah. concept, you know, because they do hammer it in that Joey's poor. Yeah. And while, you know, it's a spectrum, sure. uh, Typically, when you would see someone being or think of someone maybe being poor, maybe when I was growing up, what I would have thought would be like more like, yeah, like in a not owning a house, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. like you're maybe like on like food stamps or, you know, snap or something like that, you know. Yeah. And so like the it is this really interesting way that they're like, she's poor. We don't really see like 
what that actually what does that mean in the town of Cape Side? Right. I think th- I think too where the difference comes in is like a difference between urban and rural poor. Because I do think that there are plenty of rural poor in this country that own homes, you know. Right. And yeah. And yeah, the state with the highest home ownership rate is West Virginia. Right. So it's like I think like I, I I get that in Los Angeles, um, if you're a homeowner, probably you're not poor. Mm-hmm. Um, although you know there's inheritance and and stuff like that. So like, sure, sure, sure. Because everything's a spectrum. Everything's a spectrum, sure. Um, and like, and also, there's not a home ownership. There's not liquid cash you know, with owning a home. So like the fact that their parents, I mean, what I think is really interesting and I I love this question, Angela, like what I think is really interesting is like, when did, like, did they become poor at a certain point? Like, how did this house get bought? Because I, you know, Joey and, and Bessie have inherited this house, right? right? Like, yeah, their mom died. Their dad went to prison but they still own the house. I mean, there's some questions there because like, <laughs> yeah, if like he, the yeah. dad on the deed or they must've transferred the deed. I don't know. They don't get into it, but yeah, they don't get into it. And like, you know, could, if, if the dad is like paying a bunch of fines, could the court seize the house? There's like right. a lot of questions. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah totally. Like it's a little too deep for this show, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like, there's this part of me that's like, and I grew up in a place that um, had very exponential growth, um, wealth growth. Uh, I grew up very close to the Silicon Valley. When I was a young kid, it was not a very expensive place to live. In fact, it was pretty poor. Um, yeah. And like just a college town that was like all hippies. Yeah. And the side of town that I lived on was like there. I mean, it, there weren't a lot of the streets weren't paved where I was like, you know, it was very, I mean, Santa Cruz technically is, is rural. It's um, coded as rural. Um, But it was like a lot of those, a lot of the places that I grew up, like I'm playing on places that don't have a sidewalk, you know, we're riding our bikes in the middle of a street, like that kind of stuff. And a lot of the people that I went to high school with, they had houses because their parents and grandparents had been in the area for a really long time. Um, but they probably could not have afforded houses by the time we were in high school. Um, right. their, their parents and grandparents and stuff like that, because the property values went up so significantly, so quickly that like people got priced out. Um mm-hmm. And so I think there's, I think that there is really interesting. And I also think like there's a way in which they do have a kind of stability because of the house that possibly you don't see, particularly in urban poor areas where eviction, you know, you can get evicted and, you know, things like that. Housing insecurity. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I think they definitely seem to have a lot more securities than like I would assume would associate with um being poor yeah and they own a business um Mm -hmm. you know i think they're pretty cash poor i probably i think they probably don't have a lot of cash flow um and i think um you know bessie is probably what we've we've said she probably like 24 25 26 yeah yeah she's got a kid she's taking care of joey you know there are expenses there plus she's running a business 
even if that house is totally paid off, there's a lot of expenses that they're dealing with. Sure. You still have to pay property taxes, you know? Yeah, totally. So I think like, I think probably they're fairly cash poor. Um, But of course, America being what it is, because they're a poor white family, they do have more wealth Mm -hmm. um, than a a poor black family. Um, Yeah. And, you know, that's the fucked up truth of this country. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think that's a really good point. And, I, you know, obviously, um, obviously, these kids all have white privilege and they all have certain kinds of privilege, even if um, they come from fucked up backgrounds or, or um, poor backgrounds, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for listening. Yep. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. Um, you can email us Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. Um, send us your questions if you want. Um, tell us what you think of this episode. Is it the worst episode of season two? Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow my Finsta at Aaron.Hensley. Uh, we want to shout out a boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. Please uh, write us a review, like us, subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, It helps us really immensely when you do that. We would always like to thank Andrew Bush. We miss him dearly um, and cannot wait to get back into his studio. And uh, you can find me on the internet at Pesty1079, Rare Bird Books. On the internet, it's rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rare Bird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over.